time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. It's Martin Luther King Day, Monday, January 17, 2022. So good to have you here. I want to honor Martin Luther King and what he did in the civil rights movement. He did his best to right so many wrongs. And we sometimes look over the headlines and go like, gee, did we accomplish that? And it's something that every generation has to step up and do. So for those that are continuing the cause, Martin Luther King Day, it's a good day to remind ourselves, what can we do? honor him and all that he did his i have a dream speech is one of the most studied amazing speeches and one of the guys that i pay attention to an author and speaker is simon Sinek. and he talked about this speech and he didn't say i have a plan he didn't talk about other ways he could friend it up he said i have a dream and i think that's so important in each of our lives when we're looking at us what is our dreams if you don't have a dream I would suggest you're not living to your fullest. You got to have a dream. I had a dream that we could provide an audio format where we can bring mortgage bankers information in listening only mode. I learn best when I'm listening. That's why we created this podcast. Again, this podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals. And we're grateful to have you as our listener. Our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime, anywhere. We got on our hot topic special guest is Whitney Nelson. She is the founder and CEO of Brilliant People. I like being around brilliant people. That's why Alice and Jack and Alan and Matt and everyone else on the podcast, I love being around brilliant people. And I love that the name of her company. And on this program, we're going to be discussing the root cause of people problems. We have people problems? Yeah, I tell you, it's the number one reoccurring thing that we all got to deal with. And it is one of the most complex aspects of every organization. So we're going to be talking about that and talking about connection and community in the workplace and how important we achieve it and how important it is and what are some tools some tips. So it's one of my favorite topics. I love looking at personality apps. I'm looking at different communication styles, learning styles, love languages, also known as the five languages of appreciation in the workplace. I love all of that. Today, we're focusing on aspects of people problems, and I'm really looking forward to that. Time to give a special thank you to our sponsors and partners. We're partnered with IndustrySyndicate.com. Love what they do. Check out all the podcasts at IndustrySyndicate.com. They do a good job promoting out podcasts. Also, check out Josh Pitts over there, what he does. I love Josh, and we're going to be doing some things together. Anyway, special thank you to our sponsors, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. We also have an Astros Fusion Bot Solutions product, experiencing the power of fully integrated solution. And I like this part, in an open architecture. Check out what Karen Jenkins talked about in her October 4th interview with us. It's really interesting. I think that closed technology, closed architecture is not a good thing. They have made a conscious decision. Maybe that's what's promoted them or made them become the number one fintech company in the world. Seriously, that's what they are. They're number one fintech solution company in the world. And they have many solutions across banking platforms, many aspects of it. One of them is their mortgage bot solutions. So check them out. Also, Lenders One, as well as Mortgage Collaborative, both of these are co-ops. What do I mean by co-op? It's where we get together in smaller groups and connect with our peers. 
so important if you're looking at our organization. Are you talking to others about what you're going through? It is so meaningful to have a membership in both of these organizations. Now, it does not replace the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. Don't replace that. But what it does do is it brings you together in a smaller, more intimate way, which you communicate and connect with other lenders and, of course, vendors. Also, Incelerate, Josh Friend does a great job over at Incelerate, helps lenders close more loans by engaging better with borrowers, prospects, and past customers. Check it out. We also had Josh on in June 21st, 2021. Still a great podcast. Go listen to that. Then I would like to say, check out KnowledgeCoop. It's a great learning management system. Ken Perry does a great job of that product. And also Mobility, MMI, and Modex are both sponsors. Grateful for our partnership with them. Also SnapDocs. They have an eVault solution that will make it so simple to get started with eNotes. And it's so easy to transact across many partners. And in doing so, it will make the loans close more quickly. And as we deal more and more with all the various phases and variations and mutations of COVID. I tell you, E, everything mortgage is so important. Then also we have Success Kit. Check out the podcast that we did last week with Julian Lumpkin. So January 10th, check it out. And what they, you can do to have your customer testimonies shared on your podcast or just in your emails. We're working with him so closely and wow, so powerful. Also Lenders Toolkit. We're so pleased to have Brent and Brett at Lenders Toolkit as a partner. Also, a final thank you to goes out to Rob, Les, Alice, Allen, Matt, and Jack for their contributions. Anyway, let's get over to Rob Van Raphorst with this week's MBA Mortgage Minute. Rob? This is Rob Van Raphorst. Welcome to the Mortgage Minute and the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Last week, Acting FHFA Director Sandra Thompson appeared before the Senate Banking Committee in consideration of her appointment to a full five-year term. Thompson testified that the end state of the GSEs is something that Congress would have to legislate. She also said her focus will be on the safety and soundness mission Congress gave to FHFA, along with ensuring that the GSEs are providing liquidity across the nation and especially supporting underserved markets. MBA supports Thompson's nomination to be FHFA director. The Senate Banking Committee must vote on her nomination before a vote by the full Senate can occur. And before I go, I want to remind you about MBA's Servicing Solutions Conference happening February 21st through the 24th in Orlando, Florida. To register, go to mba.org slash conferences. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate you getting that recording off to us and uh, sharing that with us. Uh, good stuff. If you want to stay up on what's going on with the MBA, download the Mortgage Action Alliance app. It's really effective at helping you hear what's going on, what they're lobbying for within D.C. and within the Beltway, and give you updates. So, And you can actually have your voice heard as a result of that. So sign up for the Mortgage Action Alliance app in the App Store, also known as MAW. M-A-A, the Ma app. So get it, download it. Let's get over to Les Parker with the TM Spotlight and this week's macro view of the markets. Les? TM Spotlight Soundbite is brought to you by Power Seller, making hedging easy. A whole new world. A new fair market point of view. No one to tell the bears no or where to go or say they're only dreaming. 
The bulk of inflation pressure comes from the delays in importing, producing, and manufacturing goods compounded by labor constraints. When the costs of services accelerate, that will eliminate the hope for a rapid decline in inflation. Now what? A generation that seldom saw half-point moves in price must face constant underwater locks and regular moves outside a half-point. Expect a volatile ride to the new world. Let me share this whole bare world with you. These views are my own. See a new world at tmspotlight.com. Yes, be sure to sign up for that newsletter. Check it out. You can put in power, and there's the code, to get a free subscription to the paid version. That's, that's a great job on that. Gary Kentrabone and he team up each week. I love that. That was actually a good song and a good way to get into the market today. Matt Graham is taking the day off because it is what? It's Martin Luther King Day again. Woohoo! Way to go, Matt. Some companies are closed, so Matt is not here with us because the markets are closed. Wish you, Matt. Well, and have a great day. Look forward to having you back. I love the service, by the way, what mbslive.net provides you. You can sign up for it for an extended trial period and do so by going to the website, mbslive.net. And when you go to the sign-up page, put in the code LOL and can you get an extended period without a credit card required. That's always nice. Alice Alvey is here, and she's here on her day off. Union Home is celebrating their day off. Alice is CMB Vice President of Education and Training. Lots of training, lots and lots of training, and a lot of education these days at Union Home Mortgage. And uh, she's got the legislative update, and so a lot of things to talk about. Alice, so good to have you here. Thanks, Dave. It's great to be here. And we just got a foot of snow last night. So even though I had the day off, I thought, oh, well, there's not much to do except break out the shovel <laughs> on that that's outer just... edge of that uh, storm <laughs> Izzy that's been hitting the oh, East cool. Coast. So I know yeah. a lot of you... A lot of us have felt the pain of this weather front from snow and lots of rain. So it's a crazy weather pattern. That is, uh, yeah, that's Andy's job to go break out the shovel. You don't do that stuff. Well, sometimes it's fun to just get outside and shovel a little. But I know those of you down south are going, what is she, nuts? Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, anyway, two things I wanted to touch on today. First of all, I'd like to start with Martin Luther King Day. I'd like to call it, it's a day on, not a day off. Uh, So even though Ah. the markets are closed, there are a lot of events out there. I was just checking around, and though a lot of events are closed because of the COVID, but there's still a lot of virtual things going on. And so that means that even if something is going on in the city of Detroit, they have a whole list of events going on that are going to be virtual and great speakers. And check the calendar. I think if you have kids at home, you're making sure that they get a chance to pay attention to how important today is and how diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging are so important and what those things mean. And we can help this next generation be really good at those things. So check it out. There's lots of stuff online to find. If your event's been postponed, like I know one of the concerts is postponed until June. Well, we'll celebrate then also. So, But I like that phrase. It's a day on, to be on with the mission of really a day that, as Bill calls it, he says this day embodies the American spirit. And so that's how he inspired us to be on instead of off today. That's very good. That's Bill Cowgrove, the Bill that is the um, founder of Union Home. That's good. So then the second thing was making sure we touched on the Supreme Court, striking down the mandate for companies with 100 people or more, not so for the hospital and medical community, but for us as mortgage bankers, we're back to what our CEOs feel is best to keep everybody safe. 
So Dave, uh, any thoughts on that? Well, I think it's really interesting how many people have already made the transition to a virtual work staff. I mean, sending most of your people out, I mean, except for the essentials, like the shipping department, there's some aspects of the company, you got to have everyone still there. But I think more and more, as I'm talking to more and more clients, it's like, yeah, well, we weren't sure how they're going to rule. So knowing that virtual staff are not subject to that regulation, if that were to in fact be the case, thankfully it's not. So they went that virtual world. But I'm of the opinion that it, it is something we just got to get used to. That's what's come out of COVID, everybody. Alice, how much of your company in the normal times when we're getting back to normal, if, if there is something normal anymore, what are you seeing for your company as far as the number of people that are working remote? Any percentages? Yes. Yeah, so right now we are almost 100% remote except for those types of job roles that do need to be in the office, as you said, funding certain aspects of finance and accounting and post-closing. But at the same time, it's up to the partner. There are some positions that are on site. And so most partners have said, let's work from home. We've gotten very good at it. Our training was already set virtually because we're a national company. We were already accommodating everything remote. So, and we were all already on laptops. So for us to go remote was very straightforward. We have though, now that it's gone on so long, we started last year actually with a lot of training on leadership. It's a whole different ballgame managing remote. And I will say that this generation coming out of college right now, the Gen Zers, they want remote. They want blended mm-hmm. learning. And you're not going to fight it. And if you think you're going to get everybody in the office <laughs> after all this, it's not happening. That generation yeah, is forcing so that change. <laughs> so we are going to be doing a lot more blended and remote working permanently going forward. Yep. I think that is the standard by which we'll be operating. Absolutely. And uh, which is requiring some adjustments. And some companies are bringing people in with some on a rotating basis where they bring them in. So there's still a sense of community. I love what something was said at the annual conference by Malcolm Gladwell. He said, one of the casualties of the work remote is the lack of ability to pick up subliminally by observation what is a top person that's performing really well. He watched Bob Woodard work at his desk. They all work in the, the sea of cubes. I what so many of the journalists. And you put a junior next to a guy like Bob Woodard. He happened to be one of the junior guys at back in his earliest days and watch Bob Woodard. And he says that guy outworked everybody. There was no wonder why he was so successful. And I think that's one of the casualties. And I think that comes back to you, Alice, is is how are you guys addressing that success by observation? It is a very big gap that we recognize right away. And so we have various ways of doing that. We have several mentoring programs. We actually have a customized mentor program for individuals who are new to the workforce. It's their first job, for example, in an office quote, office, right? (laughs) You're working in your office from home. So we do set up mentoring for them so that they can start to learn those things. We have expanded shadowing so that people can learn those things. And then we have different community groups to be able to expand the specific skill sets that we know people will now need to, will have to be very deliberate in offering those opportunities instead of exactly as you said, it won't just happen naturally by them observing what's going on around them. It is something you have to address as a company, very forward thinking to solve. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that got to be giving a lot of consideration. I want to spend just a moment on the working remote part, Alice. I have the privilege of coaching so many outstanding executives. One of the things I do more of now these days than anything else. And one of the people I'm having the honor to coach, and it's me that at the deepest 
sense of the word, is Chris Ringrose of Summit Funding out in Sacramento. She says, our policy is the employee has to meet certain performance standards in order for them and their supervisor to work remote. What it is, they're focusing on a performance. And if there's a failure in the performance, not only does the employee have to go back to the office, but the supervisor does too. So doesn't that really motivate a supervisor to make sure that this is working so they don't get drugged back in the office because of a failure of one person? So I think it's really interesting thinking that through. There's, there's different ways. I got to get more specifics on it, but I thought that was a real interesting approach. And interesting, not in a negative sense. I mean, uh, a cool way to approach it. I think we have to be monitoring performance because, and then there has to be certain standards. Kids aren't there distracting and taking away from performance. Alice, any thoughts as you wrap up your segment on what we've said? I agree with that logic that it is a joint responsibility and especially individuals who are new to working from home, they may not have that self-discipline. As you said, they may need some help in getting their home environment set up where it's possible. And in some cases, it's just not possible through no fault of their own. They have a small home with lots of people and lots of activity. It can be really difficult for even the best partner to work from home. So I agree. I think it's a, a great philosophy to hold them jointly responsible for the success. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. I, I like that. I like that approach. I think it's a lot of thought is going to go into that. We had someone talk about one particular company set up a series of videos. These are the requirements to be able to work from home. Here's the requirements. You have to have a, a room that you can go into. They have quietness, that there's boundaries for kids. How do you handle this? I mean, lots of coaching around that rather than a legalistic approach. So good stuff. Alice, thanks so yep. much for being here. I would just be careful on that last comment that you made. We have to be fair. Not everybody has the financial surroundings to meet some of those requirements. And so we're very cognizant to make sure our assessments of that are fair and equitable based on what's available for that partner. Yeah, That is really, really, really good. I'd love to get everyone's thought. Listeners, you got anything? Send it on over. Alice, thanks for showing up on your day on, as Bill would say, and being here with us. Appreciate it. Let's get over to Alan Pollack with the tech update. Alan? Last week I talked about the CES show, and I, you know how the phones now work. You say something, and then they track you. So after I made that comment, the phone was listening, and all these weird tech things from the CES show popped up on my phone. So I held on to <laughs> two of them because I know you're going to like these. The first one that at the CES show, and you can buy this now, it's $200. It's the Bird Buddy Feeder, and it's like a ring doorbell. It tracks birds, it takes pictures, and it notifies you on your phone, and you can watch birds feeding from your bird feeder live. So for the bird enthusiastic person, you can get the Bird Buddy Feeder. But this one's better, David, right? We talked about the, the cows many months ago. So this one's called the Lutu Litter Box, and it tracks your cat's bathroom trips. Now you can buy this today. I don't know the price. You can just Google the Lutu litter box and it looks for irregularities and potential illnesses based on a database and the tracking methodology type of CAD and the weight and all those wonderful things. So if you were worried about that, uh, there's now a system for it. So get on to the mortgage stuff, right? A uh, quick conversation about MLK. I think it's important to note that our industry has done a really, really good job at making sure that technology is non-biased and that it leverages the same type of rules and information and data 
regardless of race, color, kind, you name it. Unfortunately, there's so much more for our industry to do, right? There's the expansion of credit, there's financial literacy, there's so much more talking about all types of races and types of people. So we've obviously made good strides, but there's always more to do. So um, just in in the heart of MLK Day, I thought that would be important to mention today. The more digital we get, the less racist we get. So let's talk about cool stuff. The first one, this is really cool. This is close to home. Sydney AI, it's a digital messaging platform. Now, it's an AI messaging platform that allows consumers to engage with different digital channels 24-7, 365. It's for a bank in Ireland. And what's really cool about this is it comes out of Australia, the same technology that our friends at FaceMe, if you remember, Unique, mm-hmm. came out of. Uh, It seems to be a hot spot for chatbot technology. Anyways, customers can engage with mortgage, with bank accounts, with all those different things. So for the financial institutions on the phone here, if you're looking at doing a chatbot, it's not just about the mortgage lending. It's about the total customer experience. It's about answering questions 24-7, 365. How do I find out about the status of a mortgage? How do I apply? Where do I find rates? Where are you located, right? How do I deposit a check? All of those things can be answered 24-7, 365. And then that mm-hmm. chatbot extends itself into your mortgage lending process as you continue to yeah. mature it. So that's why it's super interesting. There's so much more in chatbots that our industry has not even uncovered yet. But it's really interesting I mention that because, get this, mm-hmm. it's called Observations from the FinTech Snark Tank. That's S-N-A-R-K. And it says banks and credit union executives are holding a loaded gun pointed at their feet. The name of the gun is called digital transformation. Banks are deluded into believing they're digitally transforming their organizations when all they're doing is deploying new tools for yesterday's industry. And it continues to say, not surprisingly, banks who think they're only 10% or less through their digital transformation strategy have little to show for it so far and are much further away than they think. Interesting. So, yeah, I mean, it talks about financial institutions, but the reality is is that everybody is affected by that because we have the old way of doing business, which is yesterday, and we have the new way, which is today, and we continue to buy all these tools. And by the way, a lot of these tools are great friends of mine. We have fantastic tools in this industry, fantastic mm-hmm. innovation, but it's bringing them all together and creating that cohesive workflow-oriented ecosystem, then implementing chatbots, then doing all this other stuff. So we're much further away than we think we are. we got more work to do. David, there's also something I want to mention. It was delayed by the CFPB. I don't have the details on it. I just remembered about it. I read it earlier this week. But there was a ruling to hold off, but it was meant to allow consumers to dictate and have ownership over their data that banks and technology lenders store. And so they pushed that off. There's more to come on that as we learn more. Mm -hmm. So get this, David. I know you're sitting on billions and billions of crypto. I know you're watching the market. By the minute as we're saying it, crypto markets could be changing. Well, now if you go to Silicon Valley, there is a two-bath, two-bedroom home that has been listed for sale in crypto cash or loan. And what's really unique about it is that you have to liquidate it up front. But some of these people do want to buy in crypto. They've got tons and tons of crypto. I know other people myself that have bought in crypto. Unofficially, they've transferred the cash into U.S. dollars, but this gentleman is accepting it in crypto. So I think there's going to be a lot more to come throughout the year. But yeah, Silicon Valley, you can now buy a house in crypto. Let's talk about vendor we all use. It is the Equifax work number. And what's really cool is they are now saying that all employers within 60 months can now pull 
the prior five years of employment. So you used to only be able to pull a certain amount. Now you can go five years back and get all of the data that's available, not just specific data. So fantastic that it's being expanded. Lots of people do that and need it, especially for repeat business and all other types of needs. So that's really good. And then, David, the other thing I mentioned to the audience, I promised I would talk more about what happens in the event of a data breach and what happens. We talked quickly about the first 24 hours. We talked about stopping the data loss, isolating where it occurred. If you have to shut a system down, do so. Mm -hmm. Some of that may apply to the vendor side. But when you're the lender, what do you do? Right. And so the first yeah. thing you need to do is before that data breach, you need to make sure that you have the right type of staff mm -hmm. and you have the right type of people that understand how to do this. And you have folks that you need to contact. You have to look at the local and state regulations and federal based on the, each state is different sometimes based on the type of data that was exposed and how much of that data. And then in addition, you have to consider your systems and how many people were affected and, and how exponentially larger it can get. All of those things are usually handled internally by a chief security officer, not even just anymore as your CIO, that's your CISO. And you need to think immediately about a communication plan. You need to think about who you have to contact. Sometimes you have to contact a legal company, an insurance company. And then the second thing that you sometimes have to contact is a forensic auditor. That forensic auditor you need on the phone, usually with legal, at the mm -hmm. exact same time with your vendor because there are specific entities of data that you need to collect because certain pieces of data aren't just cut and dry as what you see. Some data tells the story around what data is there. And so right. that forensic auditor is somebody that understands the data. They deal with the situation every day. That's somebody that you need to employ immediately. And most insurance carriers will require that you hire somebody like that. There's a lot that goes into this topic. We probably could talk more about it. We did oh, yeah. mention that we'll look to bring somebody on to talk more about it. But those are the folks that you need to have. And as a vendor, that communication plan to talk to your clients, making sure that you let them know that it's happened, what you're looking at, and you keep a record of everything, the data, the internal emails, the files, all of that is important. You will get over that data breach. It does cost a lot of money, but it could be a lot worse. You have to look at it as the glass half full and prevent mm -hmm. it from ever happening again. Great point. Good stuff, Alan. Appreciate it very much. Thinking about the cryptocurrency. Think back about something Alice talked about, I don't know, it was a month or two ago, Alice. You talked about cryptocurrency and some of the challenges that go with that as it relates to knowing that this is an asset that can go up and down in value rather rapidly if you close on That's it. That's right. Uh, and there's some real dynamics about the cryptocurrency markets, and especially when you look at the volatility. We're certainly seeing the volatility right now, so put that out there. I love the idea of chatbox. You and I talked about this forever. I get so annoyed. If you're going to use a chatbot, have it be regionally intelligent. I was on a website of a major company, and their chatbot came up and was asking one question. I mean, it's just like you want to slap that thing into next week. It was so annoying. <laughs> Jack, you want to jump in on this? Going back to the markets. Obviously, the domestic market shut down today, but global equity markets, you know, yeah. generally were on the rise today. I just want to remind everybody, Les Parker and Matt Graham have spent countless amount of time 
telling us about volatility. We're in a very volatile environment right now. As the 10-year marched up over 180 and has and now rallied back to 177 change on the close. And this is going to be a week of real estate releases. We've got the National Home Builders Index on Tuesday, building permits and housing starts on Wednesday, and then jobless claims and existing home sales on Thursday. And one thing that I've been following along with Matt and Les is central banks across the globe. The central bank of China lowered rates today. So taking kind of a contrarian position to a lot of Euro central banks, China went the other direction. A couple of reasons for that, the impact of Omicron variant on their economy and this ever-looming serious concern they have with Evergrande, the realty development company over there defaulting on debt. I just keep an eye on that. That's a game changer, although the Chinese government will probably do anything and everything to keep that propped up because they're looking at something that will rival 07, 08, 09 here domestically they're looking at a similar situation in property valuation over in China. And it just, as in our country, it has tentacles that will impact so many segments in China. And then, David, just kind of turning real quickly, you mentioned uh, community. I'll be very interested in what our special guest today has to say about you know, how do you create and grow and enhance community in a remote workplace? And how do you build that and grow that when the employees are dispersed? So I'll be real interested in what our special guest has to say about community in a remote work environment. Thanks, yeah. Jack. Appreciate it. Good commentary on the market. I meant to go to you earlier in Matt's absence, but um, glad you got that in. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Folks, that wraps up the weekly update of what's going on in the mortgage industry. Next week, we're going to have Kathleen of Simple Nexus. She's the new CEO doing a great job. If you've been following Simple Nexus, it's really interesting to hear how I mean, they acquired LBA and then Simple Nexus got acquired like almost like the week after. It's just so much going on in the M&A space. So I'm looking forward to having Kathleen on. I'm really wanting to focus in on her leadership. And when I sat at a Simple Nexus open house and got a chance to meet her, David Boland introduced us and we started talking about I was so impressed as I was waiting my turn to go talk to her, how many of her ex-employees that she used to work at came up and talked to her and say how much we miss your leadership. So you're going to want to tune in next week as we're going to be talking to Kathleen. She does a great job. We're going to be hearing a lot more from Simple Nexus. We're getting them as a sponsor. So very excited about that. Today, a special thank you to our current sponsors, Finastra, Lenders One, Accelerate, Mobility, MMI, Modex, the MBA, Knowledge Coop, Mortgage Collaborative, SnapDoc, Success Kit, and Lender Toolkit. Appreciate it, folks, being here. Have a great week. Look forward to having you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.